Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. We are a church that is for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We are passionate about helping people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So if you're just joining us for the first time, we would love for you to check out our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. There you can find ways to connect with us and see what's happening at Crosspoint. Now, let's listen to this week's Sunday message. Happy New Year. Good to see everybody here today. All right, so anybody make any New Year's resolutions? No? Not one. There's got to be one or two people. You can just like, like yell it out. You made one? Okay, you don't have to yell it out if you don't want. All right, so there's lots of people that have made New Year's resolutions, but then there's people that go, oh man, here come the New Year's resolutions. Brace yourself. Here we go with New Year's resolutions. Let's look up that first slide. If it's on, there we go, this guy. Okay, who's this guy? Oh man, here we go with people dusting off their treadmills, their bikes, moving the towels and the sheets that you're hanging off your exercise bikes. What about the next one? We don't want to be this grumpy cat. 2023, hate everything more. No, that's not true. We're not going to hate everything more. What about the next one? Oh boy, this year, I resolved to drink less and go to the gym. I made it to the gym. Also not a good New Year's resolution. Or, this guy's smart. You can't break your New Year's resolutions if you don't make any. I like this guy. And then the last one. Ain't nobody got time for that, okay? (laughs) Nobody's got time for New Year's resolutions. But man, what a 2022 it has been. Some highs, definitely some lows. Where are some of the highs? That we're all here gathered without masks on a Sunday? Yes, restrictions eased. Lots of toilet paper in the aisles. Who Who got married this year? Will and Brianna, hey, how many? Two couples, that's awesome. There's been marriages, new babies, babies, (laughs) weddings, baptisms, graduations, maybe a job promotion or a new job, a new home, maybe you've gotten engaged. What about some of the lows, church? Physical struggles, spiritual, mental, mental anguish, maybe you're Worn out, maybe you're tired, maybe you're just frustrated from last year, you're just angry. Maybe you've suffered through a season of sickness, financial challenges, job loss, or maybe your hours have been cut. Maybe you're going through some relationship challenges and struggles. Maybe you're walking through grief. Maybe we're still holding on to those events and situations from this past year that have made its way into January of 2023. Maybe there were words or things spoken over us that were untrue. Maybe name tags that were placed on yourself by yourself or by other people around you. Things that are blinding us from continuing to see who God truly is. I know that I've been through some challenges this past year, but maybe we're looking for a fresh touch from God this year, amen? 
a fresh encounter. Anybody looking for a fresh touch and a fresh encounter from Jesus this year? For God to reveal the truth of who he is in such a mighty way. My sermon title this morning is Fresh Encounter. And I'm going to be talking to you, kind of abbreviated version from Acts 9, 1 to 22, the conversion of Saul, how he had an encounter with Jesus. I'm not going to read all 22 verses because I don't have a lot of time to preach, okay? But I want to talk to you about kind of what the whole story was about. We see previously in Acts 8 how Paul was ravaging the church, and he was, Saul was the one that approved the execution of Stephen. Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house, dragging men and women and committing them to prison. And we see in Acts chapter 9 how this continues. He was a bad dude. Saul's mission was to rid the world of Christians. And he was on his way to Damascus to do that. But instead, Jesus appears to him on the road to Damascus. This event completely transformed him. Completely transformed him. The transformation for Saul was sudden. One minute, he's storming up the road, determined to capture and imprison Christians. And then we see the encounter. We see the supernatural power of God on display. A light from heaven shone down around him. Paul was blinded and was being led by a child into Damascus. There was a disciple named Ananias. God says to him, go and look for a man in Tarsus named Saul, for he has seen you in a vision that you would lay your hands on him and that he would regain his sight. What was Ananias' response in verse 13 and 14 of Acts chapter 9? But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Ananias is like, listen, I know who this guy is and you want me to go and do what? What was God's response? The Lord said to him, go. Why? For he is my chosen instrument. He's a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name and before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. So when Ananias had prayed for him, something like scales fell from his eyes. And we see in verses 20 to 22, the rest of God's plan in action. It says, And immediately Saul proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all more in strength, confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. How powerful our God is. How amazing, how perfect his timing is. You may be saying, okay, Sham, that's a great story. But why this portion of scripture today? Now, we may not have gone and imprisoned and murdered Christians. I hope not. But we are all are and have been on our own journeys this past year, haven't we? 
Maybe we have come to terms that this is, this is just who I am. We have come to terms that this situation that I'm going through, this pain that I'm feeling, means this is what it is. Maybe you've yelled out many times this past week, past few months, this past year, God, where are you? Where are you? Maybe you're believing that it's this lie that it's too late to change, that you've done too many bad things, said too many bad things, you've been through so much in your life, already too much in the last year. And these events and situations and circumstances are still to this day defining who you are. Maybe it's slowed you down, maybe it's blinded you from seeing God, stopping your progression forward. God's heart today, church, is to tell you, no matter what you have been through this past year, whatever you're holding on to, whatever hurts, whatever sicknesses, whatever pain, whatever loss, if you think you're too far gone, you've done too many things, God is here to tell you that he still loves you so much. You're still a part of his plan and his purposes. That You matter so much to him. And he's ready today to have this encounter with you. Just like Saul, God can also meet us where we're at. No matter what our situation is. Believe it or not, in life good things can come out of challenging situations. I'd like to share a little bit of my story. I know some of you know most of it. Maybe some of you know a little. Maybe some of you don't know at all. I'm from Sri Lanka. I was born there. And I grew up in, a, in an area of Sri Lanka where there was civil war and violence. What did that look like every day? There were bombs going off. As I'm walking to school, I've seen dead bodies on the street. People hanging off lampposts. Body parts on the ground. Shootings and killings, people burning in tires. When I was seven, I had a gun to my head from one of the terrorist groups. And when I was eight, I was sexually abused. And we were broke. We had no money. There were days we would go without eating. The stores would be closed. There would be a curfew at 6 p.m. If you went out after 6 p.m., you would get shot. When we moved to Canada then in 1991, I had so much damage, so much PTSD, I didn't even know. And in Sri Lanka at the time, there's no PTSD, you just dealt with it. There was no counseling, you just have to suck it up. But what happened when I moved to Canada? I thought I would have a better life, but I got into a bad situation with some friends. There was some physical abuse. I was trying to find my worth. I got to a point where I attempted suicide at 13. As years went by, I was struggling and just trying to cope. I had met Quinn later on in my life, and neither one of us was doing well. We were not following the Lord, but we felt like we needed each other. So we got married, which was, at the time, we had the worst few years of our lives. We almost called it quits so many times. Years later, in 2004, Jacob was born. And then just one month after he was born, my mom passed away. And this lady, let me tell you, was a lady who constantly prayed for me. Always. She was the glue in our family that held us together 
And as soon as she had passed away, Quinn had gone through postpartum depression with Jacob. I remember sitting on my couch holding my one-month-old baby and going, God, what else do you have for me? Where are you? Do you even care? Life was carrying on. I just learned how to cope. Does that sound familiar? I learned how to cope, but I felt so empty. I was getting by, but I had a lot of stuff attached to me. I had anger. I didn't trust people. I had pain. I had guilt. I had shame from my sexual abuse. I felt unworthy. I felt empty. Do these things sound familiar, church? We were in and out of churches trying to connect. We ended up going to this community event at Sunrise Church in Surrey where my son wanted to go to Sunday school. I was very hesitant about it because I didn't trust anybody. But Sunday after Sunday, I went for him, sitting in the back row with my arms crossed, wanted nothing to do with what the pastor had to say. Little did I know, God was working on my heart. I was sitting in my basement one day watching a hockey game, and I had this this tug in my heart, and I felt the Lord was speaking to me, and he said, my son, everything you had ever gone through in your life, no matter how hard it was, no matter how painful it was, I never left you, and I was by your side. I had flashes of my past where God had actually saved my life through many different situations. One of them being the one day I was late for school in Sri Lanka when a bomb went off. Half the kids in my classroom died that day. When I attempted suicide to step in front of the sea train in Calgary, I felt a pull in the back of my jacket and nobody was standing there. There was time after time after time, no matter what had happened in my life that was so terrible, God never quite let me walk over that ledge. I remember sitting in my basement crying, and the only song that came to me was a childhood song that I started to sing, Jesus Loves Me This I Know. That evening, church, I got hijacked by Jesus. Something got a hold of me, and I knew at that moment that I was loved, and I didn't quite understand what that meant. And just like in verse 18 of Acts 9, something like scales fell off my eyes too. I was able to see. I saw Jesus. I saw his love for me. I remember going to the church the next day and meeting with the pastors, and long story short, you walk through a time of healing. I gave my life to Jesus Quinn and I both got baptized together and the same church where I came in the back with my arms crossed was the same church where God called me into pastoral ministry. And as time went by about two years ago, God was speaking to my heart and saying, Shem, I'm going to take you back to the places where I drew you from. And now we are here in Northeast Edmonton at Cross Point, living and loving those who are far from him in the Beverly area. Paul got hijacked by Jesus. He had a personal encounter with Jesus on his journey to Damascus. I believe that in that moment, Paul knew that in spite of who he was, in spite of what he had done, that he was loved. This wasn't a heat stroke. This wasn't him tripping out on mushrooms. He had an encounter with Jesus. It was a personal meeting, a personal experience with Jesus Christ that brought him down. 
Paul was messed up. He was angry, and he had a mission that was to rid the world. Yes. But even in the middle of that mess, that hate, that anger, God met him. God saw him. And God changed his life. And this encounter that Saul had humbled him. The devil wanted to destroy him and God's kingdom. But Jesus met him in the middle of his journey and changed his view. Changed his perspective. And changed his life. Church, Jesus can meet you in the middle of your journey. While you're in that storm, in that boat. While you're in the desert, walking through that wilderness. While you're feeling that fire. Jesus can meet you in your break room when you're crying. Jesus can meet you when you're in your car screaming at the top of your lungs when no one else is in there. Going, God, why? He can meet you in those hard places. Paul experienced a supernatural, life-changing, life-altering encounter with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He will meet you exactly where you are today. The enemy would love for you to be stuck, for you to believe the lie that this is who you are. This is the life you deserve, that there is no hope that your circumstances that you're experiencing is what you deserve. The devil wanted to hold me back. He wanted to destroy my life. And he attempted it many times through the sexual abuse and the gun to my head, the bombings and all of those things and which equal to the suicide attempt. But guess what, church? He failed over and over again. God said, son, I am not done with you. I came for you. I gave my life for you because I love you. And he's saying to you today, son, daughter, child of mine, I am not done with you. I came for you. I gave my life for you because I love you. We see this in verse 13 when Ananias talks about Saul's reputation. What did the Lord say again? Go and do what I say. For Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as the people of Israel. This guy who was bad and feared and hated, a man on a mission to destroy, was God's chosen instrument. You are God's chosen instrument. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are God's chosen instrument. Like you mean it. (laughs) Church, he chose a guy like me. He took something old and broken and dirty and sinful, something that nobody would even want to go near, and turned it into something new. God can restore the old, take the old and make it new. As 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, and Pastor Micah had actually texted this to me last week. It says, there if, if, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
The old has passed away. And behold, 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 the new has come. Amen? God took the pain and that the shame and the guilt and the ugliness and the unwantedness and the unworthiness in my life and transformed it for his purpose. God saw Paul. He saw me. He sees you. And God sees things that we don't always see within ourselves. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Paul was passionate about this grace, this love, this peace, this joy that he had experienced from Jesus. He ended up being God's plan for the gospel, church. God often uses our pain, our deepest pain, our, our challenges, our insecurities as a launching pad for his greatest calling. So allow God to use your story to bring him glory. All I want to do now, because I know what God has done in my life, is to talk about what he has done in my life to others around me. His love for me, how he sees me, This intervention between Jesus and Saul brought a radical change in his life. So radical that he changed his name. This morning, allow God to give you a new name. A new identity. Ask God for a new heart and a new spirit. Scripture tells us because we belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from your past, your sins. Believe today that the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from your pain, your hurts, your old life, your addictions, your identity placed on yourself, the word spoken over you. Because it is only him that qualifies us. Saul was the worst persecutor of the church. The church's biggest physical enemy but he was changed into its most influential, influential evangelist. Shem was lost. Shem was broken. Shem was abused. Shem was unwanted. But God didn't see that. God met me in the middle of my mess, middle of my pain, and completely transformed my life. Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, saved him and called him into service to make the gospel relevant and available to all. His influence literally changed the world. So whether you've messed up a little bit, whether you've messed up a lot, or you're in a season where you feel like you have nothing left, that you're just, just tired, man, weary, suffered a loss or a sickness, or you've made choices that have left a field of debris behind you, you know what? You're a prime candidate to be a tool in the hand of our good, our good God. So no matter our abilities or inabilities, everything in the world is his own. And God doesn't need us. He's completely capable of handling everything. 
Yet in his kindness and sovereignty, he invites us to be part of his grand kingdom purpose. He doesn't need us. He wants us. He wants to be a part of our everyday life. Cross point, God wants to meet you where you're at. He wants you to encounter him today, to give you a fresh start, a fresh outlook, a fresh and new anointing, a new purpose, a new direction today, a new beginning. Worship team, can I call you guys up, please? Um, as a pastor, there's this fine line of being transparent, but also being wise in how much I share. But I wanted to be real with you guys today. My wife and I prayed about it. We talked about it together. Speaking of highs and lows, some of the best things that happened this year for us is seeing how God has been moving in this community. We left BC and moved here last January. God has opened some, so many doors. And seeing you guys and the church being involved with life change in the community has been amazing. But that has not come without challenge. I've already been in the hospital since last year. I'm preaching today with pneumonia. I'm struggling with my health. Difficult time breathing. I've had now six bouts of pneumonia since last January. And this last month or so, my wife has suffered some severe depression. It's been a rough Christmas season for us as a family. But as we prayed together, she said, people need to hear this because this is, this is real life. So why am I sharing this with you? First of all, I want to be real with you guys. And I know some of your stories, what you're currently going through. Sicknesses, loss, grief. But when it comes to me and my story, I want to share it because it's not what defines us or who we are. If anything, it shows us who God still is in the midst of it all. His faithfulness in the midst of the heaviness, how he's still present, how he still sees us, and how much he loves us. There's no accident that you're here today. Right now in this moment, listening to this message, we've all had this past year affect us in different ways. Maybe you're looking for a fresh start or fresh encounter. Maybe you've been carrying these burdens and these pains that you're carrying for too long. Don't let the enemy have one more moment of your life. Maybe God wants to give you renewed vision and purpose. Or maybe you're here today and you're hearing this message for the first time. Maybe you're here today and you know someone of Jesus. But here you are. The Bible says this is the day of salvation. In the day you hear his voice, do not harden your heart, but, but heed the word of the Lord. 
I want to pray for everyone who wants to receive Jesus Christ today. I also want to pray for everyone who wants to rededicate their lives to him and have a fresh encounter. So I get you to stand up, please, and heads bowed and eyes closed. And as I pray this prayer, you can pray it with me. You can pray it in your heart. Father, we come to you today realizing that we are flawed, broken, hurting, and recognize our need for you. We are far from perfect. We mess up. Yet in your mercy, you sent your son Jesus who came into this world, lived among us, loved us, and ultimately gave his life for us so that we can have life in abundance. I pray today that you would please forgive my sins, open my eyes to see you, give me a new purpose, a new hope in you, a fresh start, a fresh encounter, a fresh anointing, a new perspective, Make us new in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, and welcome back. Thanks for listening to this Sunday's message. We hope that we've helped you in your spiritual journey and that you're drawing closer to God. At Crosspoint, we gather on Sundays at 10 a.m. in Northeast Edmonton and throughout the week in something we love to call home groups. Home groups are encouraging and transformational communities for people just like you. We believe that the journey of faith is done together. So we hope that you'll connect with us at thecrosspointchurch.ca. Now, let me remind you of who you are. You are the people of God, called by God into his redemptive mission in the world. So be who you are.